Hi, I'm Janne Silden and welcome to my technical hot seat. In each episode, you will learn more about the expert I talk to, as well as the company and its products and services. Enjoy! Today I talk to Espen Jarde, Senior Vice President at Wilhelmsen New Energy in Norway. Welcome, Espen. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I'm very happy to hear, have you here. Uh, before we get into Williamson, which is a big group, can you tell me a fun fact about you? So I'm a simple man from the west coast of Norway, from Bergen. Uh, I grew up uh, on the countryside or the seaside. I'm used to with boats, with swimming, uh, and I have a passion for diving, exploring uh, the oceans. Uh, and today I'm working with a company that wants to uh, dehumanize uh, or replace human divers with uh, advanced underwater robotics. Wow. So uh, going deeper and going uh, yeah, safer. Combining hobby uh, and uh, and business then. Uh, yes. Yes. Fits. Yeah, it fits with with um, the segment that you are working on with Williamson too, with New Energy. So, can you just describe Williamson a bit and and also New Energy? Yes. So maybe I can describe a little bit about Williamson just to uh, uh, find out where I'm located because Williamson is a big uh, company. Uh, it's fifteen thousand employees uh, in all different uh, countries and uh, agencies and every port we know of there is a Williamson uh, guy or a girl there. Uh, so we are divided into three different divisions. It's uh, uh, maritime services uh, we, who are selling uh, products and uh, services towards uh, the shipping fleet. So their customer base is uh, 50% of the shipping fleet or the merchant sailing fleet is their customers. So a lot of touch points towards the industry. And then we have the, the more what we are, I guess, famous for is uh, our ownership in Valenus Willemsen, the Roro car carrier company, um, which is a part of the, the group. Uh, but that's a separate company that we uh, that are stock listed and um, we are there together with the Swedish partner Valenius uh, owners there. But in Willemsen, we spend more time on the operational services that are within our companies because Valville is uh, doing their own thing and they are eight, nine thousand people uh, themselves. So uh, two years ago, we established a new energy division where we gathered uh, our renewable efforts, decarbonization efforts, uh, with the, our uh, infrastructure, ports and terminals uh, along the Norwegian coast and Denmark and UK, and uh, formed uh, uh, this new energy division. We also included the digitalization and autonomy efforts that we had in the group uh, towards this segment, because we saw there, there was a need to both decarbonize the shipping industry with uh, new fuels, new, more efficient digital solutions. And we have been building up new 
value chains, for example, within renewables, offshore wind, uh, but also more towards the shipping fleet. What kind of green fuels are there available today? Uh, not much um, because of there is a need to build up uh, renewable uh, fuels and there is a need to build up the infrastructure distribution bunkering of hydrogen, ammonia, methanol. There is simply no none of those fuels available today. So there needs to be a development and we want to take part of that development from production to distribution to usage on board the ships. Okay, so so how do you do that? So we started uh, out with a sort of challenge that uh, we own um, a lot of ships in the group through the different entities, for example, Valenus Wilhelmsen, but also we uh, are managing and operating uh, around 250 ships in all of the different segments for uh, some of them we own ourselves, but also for other uh, ship owners. So we are operating on behalf of them uh, within bulkers, tankers, containers, gas carriers, offshore. So we had a lot of exposure and experience towards the different shipping segments and uh, could be a potential force to drive this decarbonization agenda in a broader manner because we have that kind of size. So uh, we can learn from the different uh, industries uh, or shipping segments, for example, gas carriers, uh, LPG, uh, LNG, FSRUs. We are taking most of that experience uh, from using pressurized gases or liquefied gases or cool down gases towards these new fuels, like, for example, hydrogen or ammonia, which needs to be handled uh, carefully, like we uh, have experience from uh, gas segment. Yeah, so you work closely with suppliers then, no? or Yes, a lot of different suppliers and technology providers and we do not want to take part of that value chain as such. We want to develop those companies that are within that and being a customer of those and also operating their equipment. Yeah, um, because I saw also you are uh, also quite into autonomous vessels together with um, comes to a maritime. Yes, you're right. That's an uh, exciting uh, project uh, that are actually sorting under uh, my my role. So um, uh, last year we took on board uh, or took over management of Yara Birkeland, the first mm -hmm. container vessel that are uh, autonomous. Uh, it's also zero emission, so you have uh, multiple benefits there. It's a run on battery. Um, then later on, same year, uh, came in the OSCO drones, the OSCO ferries that are also unmanned. Um, and then this year, 2023, um, this upcoming, by end of this year, we will have delivered two reach remote USVs unmanned surface vessels. Uh, 
And this is where the the fun fact about the deep water robotics comes in, <laughs> because uh, these vessels that are unmanned, they can be sailing for 40 days. So let's say you have a campaign of one month, you sail five days out, you work for a month without any uh, people on board. This vessel has two ROVs inside, can do a lot of inspection work, uh, has manipulators, hands that can uh, turn around wheels, replace stuff, and can um, do operation for a month. And then you go back to charge up the battery and, and maintenance. So uh, this technology and introduction of uh, these USVs into the subsea segment is an example of uh, a kinder egg, if you like. It's 90% uh, emission reduction, it's the uh, capex reduction because of its smaller specialized vessel, so it's two-third reduction of uh, the capex, and it's two-third reduction of the upex as well, because we don't have any crew on board. We are remotely controlling those vessels from shore. Uh, remotely control center, uh, which we are operating via a company named Masterly, a 50-50 joint venture between Willemsen and, and Kongsberg. Wow, that's impressive and very interesting regarding what's what's more and more coming. And how is how is um, regulations following up on this technology? Is that preventing or supporting? You know, <laughs> <laughs> Oof, it's a difficult question. <laughs> yeah, uh, you are putting me on the spot there. Uh, <laughs> I hope they are supportive, um, but uh, of course they cannot just say that, yes, let's roll. So uh, when those USVs are coming uh, next year, and uh, we have built some experience from Yara Birkeland and the ASCO vessels, uh, we typically have a period where we uh, will have to demonstrate for uh, the class societies and the flag state that we are able to operate these um, unmanned and more and more uh, autonomous uh, in the end. But there is a stepwise process. So, for example, when when the vessels are coming uh, eventually uh, by end of this year, we will have a bigger vessel following the smaller vessel just to make sure that everyone uh, everything is all right in a testing piloting uh, period. Yeah, yeah. I would presume also then that the, the design of the vessel is completely different because you don't need a bridge. No, yes, you don't need a bridge, <laughs> which is a cost driver. You don't need toilet because there is no people there. So uh, cabins and everything <laughs> that humans need. Uh, and also another aspect, which is a little bit interesting, is safety because when we have people on board and, uh, for example, if we needed a longer duration, we had to introduce a new fuel, let's say either hydrogen or ammonia. Both of them are uh, dangerous <laughs> uh, substances. Hydrogen can blow up in the worst uh, instance and uh, ammonia is to toxic for people. But by uh, taking away the crew, we have a lot bigger window of operations, if you like. So the weather can be quite harsh. 
the wave can be harsh because we have no human on board. So we can uh, we can even uh, think about in the very future, think about the um, uh, atomic, you know, nuclear powered vessels, because if there is no people on board, you can take more uh, risk, if you like, on, on the the power. And yeah. then we can test. So one day I believe that could be a solution for some of the vessel segments, not all, but nuclear on unmanned vessels are more comfortable of testing that idea, at least. Are you sure that the environmental company or NGOs will be happy about that? <laughs> no, uh, I, I'm, uh, uh, I, I'm not uh, selling nuclear, but I'm, I'm just saying that by yes. taking the people uh, to land and off the boat, we can do a lot more on the ships themselves. Uh, yeah. We can take more risk when it's not people involved in the operations. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting development, and and um, and I like the ideas, and also where you are, you know, on the front runner of of doing this. So, which part of the world is more like digitalized? Yeah, so um, we we have operations in all uh, <laughs> sorts of the world or all ends, um, and uh, I believe that the the this part of the world has come the farthest. So um, this is where we will introduce the vessels uh, to begin with, um, because the clients are also very much aware of the environmental benefits, the cost benefits and the safety benefits of, of this technology. So uh, typically, uh, reach subsea, which is the company that will operate these vessels. They will operate both in the traditional oil and gas uh, segment, but more and more into the renewable segment. And for example, the renewable clients are very much uh, focused on reducing the emissions as much as they can in the whole value chain. So that's why um, we believe, uh, for example, Equinor, which has a, a leg in both segments, uh, can be one of the, the pilot clients uh, for this kind of technology. And they have proven in the past that they, they are willing to uh, look at new innovative uh, solutions. Yeah, yeah, because uh, I saw on your website also carbon capture is a, a topic. Yes. Uh, it, it, that's part of the, you know, if we want to make huge effect on decarbonization, we have to both scale up renewables, but also decarbonize uh, the industries that we are already operating within. And carbon capture, that whole value chain from capturing to uh, storage and um deposit of the CO2, there is a whole new shipping segments that might be built up uh, around that. And that's a very exciting part that we are involved with. And uh, we are also involved with, for example, hydrogen production, which is not that known to people that the uh, Wilhelmsen is also involved in that. But um, 
uh, here in Norway, we have a lot of uh, natural gas from uh, methane. As you've learned in, in chemistry in school, you can uh, split the hydrogen molecule uh, and the CO2. So we can either utilize the CO2, for example, in, in black carbon or in carbon, um, new carbon products, or we can store it uh, uh, either uh, deep sea or, uh, or on land. It will be uh, most likely offshore in, in Norway. But there is a huge potential to be a hydrogen uh, exporter uh, in in different forms, for example, uh, in ammonia form or in direct uh, liquefied hydrogen or compressed hydrogen. We have a role to play in Norway, providing energy, clean energy to, to Europe, both from the you know, green hydrogen uh, track or the blue hydrogen track. And to be able to get that blue hydrogen track rolling, we need to solve the CO2 carbon capture, uh, yeah, crack that nut. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, it's um, it's really, I would say, shaping the industry as you are also saying on your website. Yes, but it fits. It it fits with them. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, we we have that statement, uh, Willemsen, shaping the maritime industry, and and it's. Uh, Yes, it, it's a good slogan, but it's also something that we are taking for real because we don't we cannot just wait until uh, green fuels come up. We have to be a driving force to to make that happen and build up that supply chain or value chain uh, so that people in the, the shipping and maritime industry are able to decarbonize their operations. It's um, it's for example I've come from from supplier side, so it's always been good to have a kind of cooperation with uh, with the end user to kind of drive technology forward. This is important, I, I think, from my experience too. Yes, and uh, like we've seen from uh, this, especially now building up new value chain is, for example, within offshore wind or the hydrogen value chain. There we need a lot of collaboration between the the end users, the operators, the cargo owners, the product developers, the service providers uh, in a, a very different way than we used to in the past where it was just shipping some goods from A to B. So it's a whole logistic puzzle that needs to uh, become there and, and a lot of new competencies uh, also. So for example, we through the Roro car carrier operation, we are involved with Tesla, for example. They have mm -hmm. their views on the world. And then one other day we talked to Google. They have their interesting views of the world. Uh, and then Microsoft and then these companies. And if you're talking to different kinds of uh, input, you can get create whole new business models and uh, uh, like we've never seen before uh, and for example providers technology providers providing power by the hour on a as a service basis 
is very unlike the traditional model. You build something, you sell it, and off you go. <laughs> Maybe you have a service agreement and some guarantee period, but power by the hour as a concept or uh, as a service is something uh, that we will see more and more in the yeah. future, I guess. Yeah, I think so, because there's also a promise. Yes. It is. So what's the biggest challenge in the market? Ooh, I guess I've touched upon uh, a few of them. Um, uh, decarbonization in shipping is, of course, a, a big one. Uh, get uh, access and to affordable green fuels. Now it's impossible to get green fuels at all, but we will eventually come there. But what kind of price will it have? Um, will it be introduced more and more you know, regulations and carbon tax, maybe that has an effect, uh, or subsidies on the other, on the green side. Or do you have to give a carrot or a stick or to make this happen or, or these green corridors so you can start sort of locally, regionally, and then expand more and more out? There's a lot of interesting development there, but uh, I think uh, one of the solutions uh, that I've uh, touched upon today is that kind of reach remote concept where you are addressing a lot of these challenges at the same time. So you you have a decarbonized solution, you have a safer solution, you have a more cost efficient solution. So we would need to tune on all these elements to make it work. Yeah. So it is, as you said, it's about getting the pieces of the puzzles together. Yes. Uh, my last question. So now we go back to you, Espen. Uh, what is success to you? Um, hey. <laughs> is that uh, uh, professionally or uh, <laughs> you can, you can You can choose. You can choose. Uh, professionally, I uh, like to see, to... Um, take part of building uh, a company either from uh, the start origination or an existing company in a growth phase and support them with you know systems network uh, competence and capital so bridging a good idea and a good uh, people with capital that that's an interesting world that i've been uh, working in uh, the last few years and uh, personally uh, I think we we need to um, as we talked about before uh, we, <laughs> we recorded uh, I, I think we have to have fun at work and uh, uh, we have uh, selectively uh, picked the people that are working here because uh, we have a lot of fun at work. We do. We have uh, different kind of uh, competencies. We have different views, different ages, different genders, diff from different places of the world, and uh, uh, that is needed to to get the perspectives of the future businesses and understand it. And uh, that makes also a. Uh, uh, more fun place to work yeah i completely agree because uh at, 
I see so many people are frustrated or a bit of depressed and, and doing their job, but then I'm just uh, thinking about retirement or their spare time. And I think uh, working is fun. If you, if you are really behind the company and the products and, and you enjoy it, then you just, as employee, you, you take the extra mile, huh? you take the extra step forward. Yes. And, and it yes. brings also the business. So you, it's, it's, I think that's a culture uh, which you cannot value in money, really. No, no. So we are with friends solving uh, interesting challenges <laughs> on a global scale, in a way. I like that. I like it. Thanks a lot for insights, Espen. It was really, really interesting. You too, Jana. I'm glad and to uh, support you. Thanks a lot. If you liked it, please subscribe as I will continue to talk to various experts across industries and country borders.